Hello, and welcome to the Villains and Monsters podcast, where true crime meets thrilling fiction and dark minds come together to talk about all things sinister and psychotic. I'm Cassie Sharp, suspense and thriller author and your host. Hey, welcome to episode nine of Villains and Monsters, also known as Where the Shadow Lies, the audio cast, part nine. Uh, Today we are going to hear chapters 19, 20, and 21. Told you guys that now we're, we're in the middle of the book and things are ramping up. The chapters are shorter, so you're going to get more per episode. Um, and at the end of this episode, we will be exactly halfway through the book. So that's exciting. Um, be sure to stay tuned to listen to today's episode to one, all signs point to Jason being responsible for the kidnapping and assault. What will Xander do with this info? And where has Jason been? Where is he now? Will the police come for him? And what's JL going to do with this new info? Um, I hope you and guys are enjoying your week. And I know we're kind of all in a different stage. Some states are reopening. uh, Some states are waiting. Um, Today is May 3rd as I record this. So I hope whatever you're doing, uh, you're staying safe and healthy, um, and you're protecting your loved ones. Um, so now that we're at the halfway episode, I want to know what, uh, you're thinking, um, about this book so far. What do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is doing this? Um, so with JL, I want to know what you think about her. We, we saw her in the beginning. Uh, there was a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of really, uh, disturbing thoughts. And then we find out that, that she's been lying to her son and she continues lying. Um, and she asks Xander to go behind his back and watch him. Um, but you know, she, she's terrified that he's not safe and we don't know why she's terrified. Uh, we know something happened in her past. We know that, um, you know, there's a darkness there. We know it probably revolves around Jason's father, though we don't know who the fuck Jason's father is. Um, yeah. So, um, and, and by the end of this episode, you're going to see her, um, really hit her low point. So how do you feel about jail? How do you feel she's handled this? Um, what do you think this is? What do you think it is in her past that she's so fucking scared of? Um, I'm interested in your thoughts. So, um, and then, and then we have Jason, right? Jason starts off as kind of, um, a bit of a bitter kid. He's a cynic and, um, he's kind of angry. He's a loner, um, bit of an outcast. Uh, he doesn't have any friends in school. Um, he, doesn't get along well with some people like his enemy, Jacob Denton. Um, he gets a bit paranoid, thinks that Emily and Jacob are teaming together to fuck with his head. And, and then he, he gets paranoid and he's looking behind his back, but we do know that Xander has been following him. So, Hey, 
maybe he's not so paranoid after all, right? And then he gets this feeling when he comes in his house and somebody's been there and he's freaking out and he thinks it's his mom, uh, that she's in trouble. And so he goes there and, and the worst thing he can possibly think of just completely shatters him when he sees her laying in the bathtub, uh, seemingly dead, but we know that she wasn't, she was just, um, heavily medicated. Um, but he loses his shit and he, no matter that she actually wasn't dead, he felt her death in that moment. And that really fucked him up. And then we see him, um, drinking at his house and then Emily comes over and he's really, really shitty with her. And, um, his behavior is questionable at best. Um, and then we don't hear from him for a while and we know he's got this switchblade, right. That he keeps thinking about and he's got these plans that he alludes to, but he never tells us what they are. Um, so who do you think Jason is? What do you think he is? Um, I'd like to know. And then we've got Xander who just, oh man, Xander. Oh man. He just, he's so in over his head. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's lying to JL. He's lying to Jason. He's lying to his partner. He's lying to everybody and he's doing it all to try to protect them, but he's holding on to so many different lies and has so many different versions of each story that, um, it's starting to weigh on him because he was, he's becoming fond of JL and Jason. And he's especially fond of JL. Um, he has these feelings for her and, and he's battling with them because he knows he's a jerk because he's fucking lying. And, um, you know, and, and he just, at the very core of himself, he just wants to keep them safe, but, um, perhaps he's not doing a great job of that. So tell me what you guys think, um, about the halfway point of this book. Uh, give me an email at villainsandmonsters at gmail.com. Um, what are your predictions? What do you think is going to happen? How do you think all these lies are going to play out as they continue to stack on top of each other? Okay. So before we get on to the new chapters, here's a recap of what happened last episode, uh, which featured chapters 15 through 18. So Emily goes missing. Jacob Denton was in the hospital after being stabbed with a switchblade. And we know that Jason has a switchblade. Uh, and um, that the person that stabbed him kidnapped Emily. Um, we know that we learned that Jason's been MIA Nobody knows where he is. Um, the We find out that the finger that was sent to jail in the box belongs to a dead girl from Louisville, which is not too far away from where they live. And um, then we got that mysterious first-person chapter. So um, that's where we are. And I hope you guys enjoy chapters 19, 20, and 21. Chapter 19, 22 hours. That's how long Xander had to find Jason, get his alibi, and prove his innocence in the kidnapping of Emily Marshall. Kidnapping. 
That's what it would be considered as soon as Jake's official statement was made. Xander was grateful, at least, for the fact that Mathis was not the detective on Emily's case. The conversation, the conversation he'd had with his friend after Jake's revelations could not have gone worse. Tyler Mathis was on a warpath, and his sole target was Jason. Tyler had always been a good cop. Sharp instincts, a level head, and compassion earned him high marks and propelled him forward in his career at a quick pace. Every one of those attributes had left him the moment Jason's name was cast. Xander had tried to reel in his friend's bloodlust, but Mathis was bullheaded and stubborn enough to make a preacher cuss. In the end, Mathis had agreed that Xander should be the one to find Jason, but had only given him a day to do it. It was less about courtesy on Mathis's part and more about the fact that he needed time to seek the evidence the police would need for an arrest warrant. Xander had taken it, though, and in the two hours since he'd left the hospital, he'd been calling all his employees to aid in the search. He'd made a circle around the city, searching the campus, gym, locker room, practice field, grounded coffee, and finally, Jason's house. Nowhere. The kid was in the wind. Now, Xander was turning onto JL Street. It was the last place he knew to look. Hope deflated when her driveway came into view. Hers was the only car parked there. Xander drove past, scanning the area for Jason's Jeep. Seeing no sign of it, he circled back around and parked behind JL's car. A quick sweep of the house provided no evidence Jason had been here. He took a seat on the couch, trying to imagine where he'd go if he were a 19-year-old kid. Weeks of following Jason around, and Xander had only witnessed him go to a handful of places. He'd searched all of them in the last few hours. It hit him then, something JL had said at the hotel last night. He's probably at work. Xander stood, feeling his pockets for his phone. He had no idea why it hadn't stood out to him last night. Unless Jason worked at the gym, school, or coffee shop, Xander had never followed him to any job. He headed out the front door while dialing JL's number. Xander, JL said when she picked up. Hey, are you still at the hospital? No. Where does Jason work? He works in an auto body shop in LaGrange. Why? Xander shut and locked the door behind him. How long has he worked there? There was a pause. Uh, a couple years now. What What's going on? I need the name of that shop, Angel. He turned to leave and stopped dead. Jail's, JL mumbled something, but Xander didn't hear a word of it. A car was parked across the street, one he hadn't seen before. The windows were tinted dark and exhaust poured at the tailpipe. Xander took slow steps, headed to his truck, keeping his head down, but his eyes aimed on the vehicle. There was no house across the street, just an empty lot of land. No reason for a car to be parked there, unless... Sander? JL's voice broke through. Yeah, I'll uh, call you back. Text me the address to the shop. He hung up. The moment he reached his door handle, the other car's tires squealed. Xander hopped in the front seat. The car sped off, its engine revved high. Xander whipped out of the driveway, nearly hitting an SUV coming up the road. He raced down the street, his heart pounding, his blood simmering for confrontation. The damn car was nowhere in sight. 
Xander hit the brakes at a cross street. He peered left and right, only still houses and swaying grasses. He inched forward to the next intersection. To the left, there was nothing but farmland. The road stretched out to the horizon, flanked on both sides by rolling hills and hundreds of hay, of hay bales. Not a car in sight. To the right, an abandoned service station and a decrepit old barn were all he could see before the road took a sharp right curve. Xander punched the dashboard. How long had that car been parked in front of her house? How long had the fucker been watching? Damn it! He hadn't paid attention when he'd arrived at JL's, his eyes only poised for signs of Jason. Xander ran cold hands over his scruff. There was no time to go chasing after wild geese. He had to find Jason. Soon, he reached, he checked his phone for the address and put the truck in drive. Things were getting more complicated by the minute. It was as if he'd been putting a puzzle together since he'd met JL, and every time he grabbed that last piece to complete it, the image suddenly morphed and he'd have to take it all apart and start anew. He entered the address into his phone's GPS and prayed he'd find Jason there. He had the feeling it would be a dead end, though. As far as he knew, Jason hadn't gone to work in weeks. Twenty minutes later, Xander pulled into Abel's body shop, a small building with two bay doors. The siding was peeling and could no longer be classified as white. Two older men were standing outside smoking, grease spattered on their blue shirts, hands, and arms. Xander approached them warily. Excuse me, guys. Can one of you point me in the direction of the owner? That'd be me, one of them said. He had a long, scraggly beard, and his voice was muffled by the cigarette hanging out the side of his mouth. Xander held out his hand. I'm Xander. The owner didn't make a move to shake his hand. Abel, what can I do for you, mister? I'm looking for a friend of mine. He works here, I believe. Abel narrowed his eyes. Who'd that be? Jason Tyndall. Abel glanced at his companion. What you want with him? Xander paused. There's some family issues. I need to discuss it with him. Abel gave Xander a hard stare. He cocked his head, peering around Xander to his truck. He ain't been around in a while. Uh, what's a while? Hell, I don't know. A few weeks? Maybe a month. Did he quit? Nah, not that I know of. Ain't heard from him is all. This ain't the first time he's flaked on me, so I count on him being back soon. All right, well, thank you for your time, sir. Abel nodded. Xander's phone rang as he walked away, but a thought hit him at the same time, so he ignored the call. He turned back around. Hey, Abel? Yep. When's the last time he disappeared? Abel thought for a moment. Couple months before this time, I reckon. Xander nodded called out a thanks, and walked to his truck. He checked his phone when he got there. Mike, shit. Before he could redial, his phone rang again. Mike, what's going on? Jason's here at the hotel. What? When did he get there? Sanders settled into the driver's seat, a pang of apprehension stabbing his stomach. Just a few minutes ago. JL must have gotten in touch with him since they last spoke. Listen, don't leave him. Don't let him leave. 
The hotel was a half hour away. Xander put his truck in gear and sped out of the parking lot. Got it. What's going on? Mike asked. I'll explain everything to you later. Just keep him there. Xander didn't want to voice his next thought. He genuinely wanted to believe Jason was innocent. Your judgment has been wrong in the past. Bang, bang. Don't, shh. Don't leave him alone with JL. Mike lowered his voice. Do I need to disengage the safety on my gun, boss? Just keep a close eye out. Be prepared for anything. Mike was standing against the wall when Xander entered the room. Jason and JL sat at the table, huddled together and talking in hushed tones. They both glanced up as Xander closed the door behind him. JL smiled. It lit up the room and set fire to his insides. She was happy. He was about to crush that. Fuck. Mike, outside, he motioned to the door. Anything happen? Sander asked once the door was shut behind them. Nah, they've just been talking. They both seemed to be in good spirit. He didn't know what to make of that. I need to question Jason, away from his mother. The things we discuss may not go over well. I need you to keep her occupied. Mike nodded. What do you have in mind? Take her with you to get us all some supper. Take your time. I'll text you when we're done talking. Mike scratched his head. You gonna tell me what this is all about? Later. Surprisingly, JL was more than willing to accompany Mike. Gone was the woman who cocooned herself beneath her covers last night. JL had an infectious energy today. She brushed against him as she walked out the door behind Mike. Before she closed it, she gifted him a shy smile. Xander turned to find Jason still seated at the table, staring at his hands. Xander approached. He pulled out the chair opposite Jason, clearing his throat as he sat. Jason looked up with wary eyes. You got her out of the room. What do you want? Xander shouldn't have been surprised. Jason seemed to have an eye for bullshit. He stared at the kid he wanted so badly to believe in. Jason's hair was must, and he had developed the scruffy beginnings of a beard. I need to ask you a few things, Jason. It's important you are completely honest with me. Jason narrowed his eyes, crossed his arms, and let out a deep breath. What? Where have you been the past couple days? Mom's been worried about you. Jason turned his head toward the windows, which revealed a long scratch down the side of his neck. It looked fresh. Sanders sat up straight. I needed to get away for a few days. Clear my head a little. Where'd you go? The hell does it matter? I'm back now and I'm fine. Sander nodded. I'm glad you're back. I still need to know where you've been, though. Some, uh, some disturbing things have been happening since you've been away, and uh, it's important I have all the facts. Jason shifted in his seat, still averting his gaze. I went camping. Camping. Yeah. By yourself? Jason's eyes flicked around the room, erratic, frantic. Yes. Where? Xander sat up straighter, placing his elbows on the table. Is there a point to all these questions? Yes. Xander tried to sound as grave as he could. 
get to the point then. Apparently, I have a father somewhere in this world, but you ain't him. Jason sneered. If that's how he wanted to play it. I need to know exactly where you were around nine o'clock two nights ago. Sanders' eyes widened slightly for just a fraction of a second. Sander had spent years reading body language. He didn't miss a thing. Why? Jason sounded unsure. Getting nervous now? You're very likely going to become a person of interest in more than one crime by tomorrow. I'm trying to help you avoid any unnecessary interaction with the police. Now, are you sure you've been camping? Jason's fish, fist clinched where they lay atop the table. I call bullshit, Sander. From what mom told me today, you were the police. He spread his hands out wide. This looks an awful lot like a fucking interrogation to me, detective. She tells me you still have close ties, so don't play the good cop on my side shit with me. I don't buy a word of it. Sander hit the table with his palms. Damn it, Jason. I'm trying to help you here. Do you really want your mom to watch you being taken away in the back of a squad car? Jason ducked his head, shaking his leg under the table. I was in a tent at that time, two nights ago. This again. What did this kid not get? It wasn't a fucking game. Can anyone confirm that? No, I told you I was alone. Do you have any sort of receipt from the campground? No. Jesus. Can you tell me which one you went to? Perhaps they have surveillance. Jason shook his head. I don't remember. The feeling had begun to seep inside Xander's skin when he'd first heard of Emily's disappearance. The events of today had intensified it. Now, hell, now he was almost sure. You're not helping yourself here, man, Jason shrugged. I don't know what to tell you. Do you know Jake Mathis? Who? He says he goes to school with you. Got the feeling you two aren't exactly friendly. Jason laughed. That could literally describe any person who attends the university. You're going to have to be a little bit more specific. His father is a cop. Says you two pretty much grew up around each other. Jason paused, a slow scowl contorting his face the longer he thought. Do you mean Denton? Jacob Denton? Xander had almost forgotten Jake wouldn't carry Mathis as a last name. Is his stepdad a cop? Jason tensed. Yeah, real prick, just like his son. So you know him? Yep. He claims you may have attacked him two nights ago. He's in the hospital with serious injuries. Jason sat motionless, staring at Xander for minutes. Prove me wrong. I didn't. His voice, with le his voice was lethal and the expression on his face matched it. What about Emily Marshall? Jason leaned into the table. What about her? His voice was so cold it sent a chill through Xander. Have you not heard? Xander couldn't read him. The kid had one hell of a poker face, and Xander, who could read just about anybody, had no idea what Jason was thinking. It was as if his mind was a complete blank. No? Xander cleared his throat. She's missing. 
same shoes with Jake when she was attacked. When he was attacked, it's possible that whoever attacked them took her. Jason's eyes widened. Took? As in kidnapped? Xander nodded. Jason was silent as he gazed down at his open palms. You didn't know? Jason shook his head. His reaction seemed genuine. That took a little pressure off Sanders' shoulders. Why does Jake think it was you? Jason's head jerked up. Because he hates me. Because he will do anything in his power to hurt me. To hurt mom. He's an arrogant asshole. We have a past. Care to share your history? Jason stared straight into Xander's eyes. If this was a stare down, Xander knew he'd win. Finally, Jason said, no, reckless kid. That's all you have to say about this? Jason regressed to staring at his hands again. Xander couldn't help someone who refused to help himself. He took out his phone and sent a text to Mike. This was pointless. How long have you known my father is in South Carolina? Jason flinched. What? Jason smiled. I know you know it. You're a liar, Sander Williams. You told me I could trust you. It's been a hard lesson to realize I can't fucking trust anybody. Spittle flew as Jason lashed those words at Sander. Jason, I save it. Doesn't matter. I can find him myself. Jason stood, knocking the table back. Xander surveyed the room, relieved he'd put away all the guns before he'd left for the hospital this morning. Where are you going? Jason shrugged. I've got shit to do. You can't leave. Jason chuckled. Last time I checked, handcuffs don't go with your uniform anymore. You can't keep me here. You're being stupid and stubborn. You can't just run from the police, so let me help you put an end to the suspicion around you. Then, I promise, I'll look into South Carolina. Jason gathered his things. Stop him. You ever seen your mom lose her shit? Sander asked, his voice low but firm. Jason stopped short and whipped Sander with a lethal glare. The kid could have his anger. Xander stood, palms pressing into the table, and twisted a barb into Jason's only weak spot. You really want to be the cause of her pain if you can help it? Jason punched the wall next to him with such force it left a huge hole. He turned back to Xander. Silence. Always silence with his family. When he finally spoke, Fury laced his loud voice. Are you really fucking telling me that I'm a suspect in an assault and a kidnapping just because some little shit who hates me because I used to kick his ass all over the football field in high school threw my name out there? The door slammed behind them. Xander grabbed his holster as he turned. Jail and Mike. She was seething with fear and anger. Shit. Chapter 20 The curtains were split just far enough to shine one long, subdued ray of morning light down the center of the room that was otherwise cast in shadows. Sander sat at the end of the bed, the point of the heart, willing the exhaustion to leak out of his bones. He would need to be sharp and energized for the day that lay ahead of him. He glanced at the clock on the dresser. 
they still had a few hours to hash out all the details before Mathis and Detective Longston were due to show. His eyes strayed to the rollaway. The light illuminated J.L. in her slumber. Damn. Even in her sleep, she was absolutely beautiful. Her long hair sprawled its limbs across the head of the bed. She was snuggled tightly in her covers, her face the only part of her body that was visible. That face. It mesmerized him no matter the state. It was passion personified. He knew she liked to think she had a stellar poker face, but over time, he'd learned all her tells. Every emotion performed their own unique contortion, and it had become his favorite show. He tiptoed to the bathroom. Last night had been as equally surprising as it was stressful. He'd had to fill JL in on the police investigation after they'd had supper. He'd expected her to lose it to rant and rave and recoil within herself. It had only taken a few moments for her to recover from the blow. She believed in her son so completely that she hadn't seemed to have a single doubt about his innocence. She'd convinced him to stay at the hotel for the night, to talk to the lead detective on Emily's case today and clear his name. Her display of infallible trust had seemed to enliven Jason's attitude. He'd reserved a room for himself, a lucky last-minute vacancy, two doors down, and promised J.L. to make everything right today. Jason hadn't wanted to go down to the police station, so the two detectives were supposed to be here around noon. Xander's employee, Chris, was outside in his car just to make sure Jason didn't skip out in the middle of the night. When Xander emerged from the bathroom, J.L. was sitting up in her bed. She gifted him with a soft smile, her cheeks reddening. Xander cinched the towel tighter around his waist. He should have taken clothes to the bathroom with him. Good morning. I need coffee. JL mussed her scalp. Her hair flew around in disarray. Xander swallowed. Let's get dressed and go grab some breakfast. There's a Waffle House down the road. She scrunched up her nose. I need coffee for breakfast, not grease. He smiled. Pretty sure they have coffee, too. All right, but I need a shower first. While JL was in the bathroom, Xander took the time to study the room. Their room. He'd expected Jason to question their close quarters last night, but he hadn't said a word, and it wasn't until Jason had left to go to his own room that Xander had figured out why. Jason was still under the impression Xander was dating his mother. Xander plucked stray clothing off the floor. Why was JL keeping up the pretense of a relationship? Maybe she was still keeping a lot from Jason, trying to protect him, of course. Had she told him about the sleeping pills or the finger? No. There was no way Jason could know about those things and not mention it during their nice little chat last night. Xander dressed quickly, making a mental note to talk to her about all the things over breakfast. Deceit had become a strong presence in their lives. It was as though every time one of them lied or withheld information from the other, it grew stronger. By now, it had manifested into a physical being, leeching power from their shame. Xander's phone rang. Chris. Boss, there's a problem. Of course. 
Let's hear it. Four police cars just pulled up with their lights on. Eight cops are on their way up there. Fuck. Xander ended the call without another word. He busted out of the door, heading to Jason's room. The wooden frame shook when Xander banged on Jason's door. Jason swung it open with a scowl and a yawn. What the hell, Xander? There's no time. The police are here. That can only mean that they found some sort of evidence to arrest you. Get your shoes on now and come hug your mom. She's not going to take this well, so you need to assure her you're going to get this shit straightened out. Jason's hands were shaking as he bent down to grab his shoes. They raced back down the hall together. Xander had forgotten the key card when he'd run to get Jason. He banged on the door, but he could still hear the water running in the bathroom. There was no time. Just as he went to give it another knock, the police rounded the corner. Detective Longston and his partner, Rains headed the pack of uniformed police officers behind them. Xander was surprised Mathis wasn't here. Conflict of interest or no, Mathis wasn't one to sit on the sidelines, especially in this case. Jason stood with his arms crossed, staring at the group of men and women approaching. Longston was an older man with graying hair and a mustache that matched. A lifetime on the job had likely made him hard-hearted, but from what Xander had heard, he was a good cop. He was a recent transfer from out of state, somewhere down south. His partner, Liana Rains, was younger, likely in her early 30s, and a firecracker. Xander had only met her once, but he'd heard rumors that she was as mean as she was attractive. Longston stopped in front of Jason. Jason Tyndall, you're under arrest for kidnapping and attempted murder. You have the right. Xander heard no more of the speech because JL stepped out of the door at that moment. He could feel the anger rolling off of her. What the fuck is going on? Her voice shook as she belted her ire at Longston, who paused, handcuffs in hand. Ma'am, you need to back up, Reigns told her. JL did not listen. She stepped between Jason and Longston and got right in the detective's face. He hasn't done shit. Xander stepped closer. JL, getting herself arrested alongside her son would do nobody any good. She continued as though he never spoke. Turn around and go do some real police work. My son is innocent. Her finger was barely an inch away from Longston's nose. Xander moved to her side. JL, he kept his voice even. Again, she ignored him. Longston stared her down, his glare at odds with the peculiar smirk twisting his lips. Ma'am, we have an arrest warrant. I'm sorry, but the best thing you can do for your son is to step aside and get in contact with a good defense attorney. Rain scowled at her partner. JL stood in a stalemate with Longston. Something unspoken seemed to pass between them before she responded. Will you give me a moment to say goodbye to him? Rain sidled up to JL. We can't do that, ma'am. Now back away before you get yourself arrested too. Xander reached out, grazing JL on the arm. She turned to him with tears in her eyes. Come on, Angel. We'll get this straightened out, okay? He cajoled. She didn't respond. Instead, she turned to face her son. I love you, Jason. More than mint chocolate ice cream. Jason nodded without looking at her. 
Tears were streaming down her face now. Xander placed a gentle hand on her back. Come on, he cooed. He managed to get her back into the room before she could witness her son being taken away in handcuffs. When the door closed, he turned to her. She was a beautiful mess of sadness and wrath. Do you have a lawyer? He asked. She shook her head. I know a couple good ones. I'll make some calls, but first I'm going to go down to the parking lot and see if I can get some more information. She was staring at the closed door as she rubbed her fingers together. She was inside her head now. Xander had no idea if it was even possible to get her back out, so he grabbed his key card and walked to the door. By the time he got to the parking lot, the last of the police cars were pulling out onto the street. He spotted Mathis across the lot, leaning up against his car. Xander knew he'd be close. Mathis, Xander stopped a few feet away and nodded to his old friend. Believe it or not, Xander, I had hoped it wasn't Jason. For your sake, mostly. Xander crossed his arms. You sure it was him? I'm not convinced. Mathis nodded. We spent the whole night building the case. I'm sure you did. Xander held no hope that Mathis would share what evidence they'd found. Mathis sighed. There are days I love my job and days I don't. You are one of the best friends I have, Xander. I hate that you're on the other end of this one. He reached in his open window. I don't have to tell you I can lose my job over this. He held a manila file in his hand. I've been going back and forth with myself on what I should do with this information, but in the end, I guess I chose your well-being and your friendship over the job. Mathis held out the file for Xander to take. We've gathered some evidence, but none more telling than what's in here. It's a copy. Keep it. Xander took the file from Mathis. It was thick, heavy. What is it? Mathis opened his door and hopped in the car. Through the open window, he said, You'll see soon enough. The apple never falls far, my friend. At that, Mathis backed up and drove off. Dread settled in Xander's gut as he watched Mathis speed out of the lot. He looked down to the file in his hand. The label read, Catherine... Chapter 21 There were 937 little pokey thingies clinging to the ceiling. She'd counted twice to make sure. The second time, she lost count around 570, but only because she'd had to pause for another drink. She rounded up to 700 and split the difference with her result the first time through. So, there were 937-ish pokey thingies on her living room ceiling. JL couldn't believe she'd never counted them before. How can a person live in a house for nearly 20 years and not know how many of those things are hanging right above her head the entire time? She didn't know how long she'd lain there in the middle of her living room, sprawled out on the espresso hardwood floor, if the twinge in her back was anything to go by, it had been long enough. JL tried to sit up. Momentum. She needed that. She flopped to her stomach and pushed 
herself up onto her knees. The floor beneath her blurred into one seamless sea of black. Is that the abyss? It felt like it. Felt as though she was merely moments away from drowning in it. It could take her whenever it pleased, and she wasn't sure why the possibility didn't terrify her. Her bleary vision zoomed in on the crystal glass that lay ahead. Its content was as clear as the tumbler that housed it. The neon pink bendy straw that protruded from the top sure was handy when she'd been lying down, but now it looked ridiculous. She plucked it from her old friend's lips and cradled the glass in her clumsy palms. I've missed you, old girl, she whispered before she downed the rest of the absolute. JL heard a drumbeat in the distance. Boom, bada-bang, boom. She stumbled to her feet. The county parade wasn't for another few months at least. This shit was not going to stand. It was a disturbance of her peace. JL braced her hands on the wall as she staggered toward the door. The fool was going to get a good cussing out, and then she was going to contact the authorities. Her stomach twisted at the thought of the police. Nope, nope, no, not going there. First, she had an inconsiderate asshole to yell at. Then she could fall further into the darkness. She turned the doorknob. It twisted, but the door didn't budge when she pulled on it. She tugged on the knob. The door shook. Had the drummer locked her in? Locked in. She shivered. JL didn't like being locked in. JL? A voice called from the air. She looked behind her. Nobody was there. God? There was a rumbling chuckle in response. Open the door, God said, as if it were that easy. I tried already, didn't you? He was all-knowing, right? Didn't you see that? Try the deadbolt. The deadbolt tumbled over and the door opened. A miracle. You all right there? JL had been staring at the hinges of the door. At his question, she turned. It was Xander. She frowned. Where's God? Xander smiled. Or maybe he grimaced. It was one of the two. Probably in heaven, working on destiny and shit. Have you been drinking? She had been drinking. Until someone interrupted her. The drummer. She peeked around Xander's frame. Did you see him? Who? God? JL snapped her eyes to Xander. He was being ridiculous. No, not God. What's wrong with you? The drummer. Did you see the drummer? Sanders stepped closer to her. Yeah, I saw him. His voice was delicate and it made her shiver. I made him leave. Let's go inside and make some coffee. You made him leave? How? I have my ways. He smiled and something deep down inside her fluttered. She nodded and stepped out of the way. He sauntered through the door, heading straight to the kitchen. JL tried to match his pace, but gravity was heavier this afternoon. She slumped in her chair when she finally made it and watched Xander as Xander fooled around with the coffee maker. Hey, 
Her voice sounded off, slurred. She cleared her throat. <clears throat> Didn't I tell you this morning to leave me alone? Yep. So you're here because? He turned. There was something in his eyes, something deep, but JL couldn't focus on them long enough to decipher what it was. Because I need to protect you. You have people parked outside, I'm sure, she drawled, waving her hand toward the front of the house. He nodded. Of course I do, but none of them are allowed to be in here with you. That made sense and it didn't. She'd left the hotel shortly after Jason had been taken away. Taken away. Taken. No. One. Xander had begged her to stay, but she needed comfort. Not the kind of comfort he would have been willing to provide. Instead, she need, needed the familiarity of her refuge. The consolation of the walls that had seen her through her lowest moments. She couldn't seem to grasp Sanders' motives. He wasn't getting paid to protect her, and it wasn't as though she were family. He'd seemed unsurprised and unaffected when Jason was taken from her by his former colleagues. His apathy translated and in her mind, to an accusation of guilt. They didn't know Jason. They had no idea that he wasn't capable of doing any of the things he'd been arrested for. Well, fuck them and fuck Xander. I want you to leave, she winced at the pain reflected in his eyes. Let me be here for you, please, for me. I get it now. She fucking knew it. You're not here to protect me against anyone but myself. You think your buddies down at the police station have the big bad monster in custody. You're here because you want to make sure I don't do just do something insane in my grief. Well, don't worry. I'll manage. And in the meantime, you can go. And since you don't think there's an actual threat anymore, you can take your men with you. He took two steps forward. I never said I think Jason is guilty. You also never said you think he's innocent. Xander rubbed his face. I don't have all the facts yet. I've gotten to know Jason a little, and based on that alone, I can't see him doing anything he's been arrested for. At the same time, JL, I was a cop for years. I know they need pretty hard evidence to arrest, to warrant an arrest. Could be they got it all wrong, but either way, I care about you. I care about Jason. I want to be here to help you both. Her eyelashes were moistened with grief, anger, and injustice. You want to help? She flung out her arm. Then get him out of jail. Xander took a seat at the chair across from her and hung his head. I can't. He's a good person. Her eyes pleaded for Xander to listen. I know what people see when they look at him. He doesn't have a fake or false bone in his body, and that makes people uncomfortable. Especially in this shit town we live in. Everybody is so focused on pleasing others, on being admired. She shook her head. Jason isn't like that. He's genuine and real. If he doesn't agree with something or doesn't like someone, he's not going to fake it. He sees people, Xander, sees right through them. 
they can't cope with the fact that he doesn't buy the bullshit everyone sells about themselves. So they persecute him for it. They point their dirty little fingers at him anytime something bad happens. And my boy, my sweet, caring boy, he doesn't deserve that. Tears streamed down her cheeks and she didn't even try to hide them. Xander cleared his throat. <clears throat> I know. I get it. He shifted in his seat. Things ain't looking good, though. He don't got a provable or valid alibi for the night it happened. And that perception you're talking about? It seems everyone other than you has that opinion of him. Right or wrong, that's not an easy thing to move past. She shook her head over and over. They don't know him, she hissed. I know, but she slammed her hand down on the table. No, there is no but. This is a fucking witch trial, Xander. They've got the wrong person and they're not even considering anyone else. Are they? I don't think so. She stood. The bottle of vodka was on her kitchen counter and she was so damn thirsty. When she came back, she had two glasses with her. She filled the first, then hesitated with the second. The bottle was poised to pour as she stared at Xander with a raised eyebrow. He shook his head his loss. Can I ask you a question? She took a large gulp of vodka. Yeah. What was Jason like as a child? Why? He shrugged. Humor me. I like hearing you talk about him. He was pretty much the perfect kid. He didn't have any tantrums or fits. He saw the logic and everything and always thought long and hard before he made any decisions. She smiled and downed the rest of her drink. The room shifted. What he loved most was... She caught sight of her empty tumbler. Vodka. She needed more. A puddle pooled on the table next to her drink when she poured more. What was she saying? Jason. Yeah. And animals. The animals with all the scars. Xander put his head in his hands. He must be dizzy too. When did it start? He whispered. What? With the animals. Oh, hell, she couldn't recall. For as far back as I can remember, why? Xander clasped his hands together atop the table. You didn't find anything off about that? Didn't try to stop it? Stop it? No, why would I? It was just a bit of roughhousing. Xander's eyes widened. Roughhousing? What the hell was his problem? Yeah, no big deal. I stitched them all up. Xander opened his mouth, then closed it. You did what? Well, what did you expect? I couldn't afford to go out and buy more every time he had an accident. An accident? Xander ran his hands over his face. You call the mutilation of animals an accident? He didn't do it on purpose, Xander. Jesus, he was just a kid who liked to play. So... You just stitched them up and what? Waited for him to do it again? What the fuck is your problem? JL took another drink. He was getting on her nerves. I couldn't just let him keep playing with them and getting stuffing all over the house. Xander stilled. Stuffing? Yeah, the shit inside of them. Was he drunk? I wasn't the best seamstress in the world, but I sewed them up each time one ripped. 
he appreciated it. He called them scars. He even, she choked, God, he even told me once after I sewed up his favorite lion that he was so glad someone was around to stitch up my boo-boos too. That he loved his animals despite their scars, just, just like he loved me despite mine. Sanders' hands had morphed into clenched fists. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought it hit her then, what he'd been thinking. I know what you thought. He's not a fucking psychopath. I'm sorry, JL. I just, he's still that little boy, you know? Deep down, she said. How could someone that sensitive and loving be a kidnapper, Xander? Snot, spittle, and tears mixed together and dripped from her flushed face. His hands were covering his nose and mouth, one on each side, his fingers meeting right between his eyebrows. He shook his head. She could see tears well in his eyes. Tears for whom? Her or Jason? Do you believe me? Do you believe him? She was desperate for him too. His hands dropped to the table. He cleared his throat. I want to. He wanted to. Bullshit. You lectured me about faith the other night. Where's yours, Xander? He hung his head. I, where is it? He looked up. Tears fell freely down his cheeks. I was wrong. It was wrong of me to tell you to have faith. I lost mine years ago. I'm sorry. He reached for her hands. I believe in you and the love you have for your child, and your unwavering dedication to him. It's the most intense, the most astoundingly beautiful thing I have ever witnessed. And I'm sorry, JL. He squeezed her hand. I'm so damn sorry I failed you. You didn't. I did. I promised you to look after him, and now he's in trouble and I can't help him. I went about this entire thing the wrong way. I... I thought I was strong enough, smart enough, just fucking enough to keep the both of you safe. He shook his head. I was wrong. This is much deeper than I ever anticipated. I failed so damn hard and now I don't know how to make it right. She didn't know what to say. Nothing was fair. Nothing was right. She'd been through enough in her life to know that Hope was a sadistic bastard who enjoyed mind games and got off on the desolation of its victims. Jael stood. She stared at the broken man in front of her and realized that she had no strength left to make him feel better. Without a word, she shuffled out of the kitchen and went straight to bed. There was a deep, nagging ache in her right temple that two cups of coffee and four aspirin had done nothing to relieve. JL peeked into the living room on her way outside. Xander was, apparently, a snorer. She tiptoed to the door and turned the locks as slowly as she could. Her skull was a bottomless well of agony, every sound echoing off its walls. The door squeaked when she opened it. She peeked back into the living room. No movement. She creeped out the door. The brisk, breeze hit her lungs the moment she shut the door behind her and it was cleansing but she'd come to pollute the rocking chairs were wet with dew so jl opted to sit on the porch steps instead 
She dug in the pocket of her robe, pulling out the pack of cigarettes she'd stashed there. She felt around both her pockets, but couldn't find a lighter anywhere. She glanced back to the door. Nicotine was imperative at this point, but JL didn't want to take the chance of waking Xander by going back inside. She eyed the cars in the driveway. Her old car had no working cigarette lighter, but the truck was practically brand new. JL hopped up and jogged. Thankfully, Xander had left it unlocked. The cigarette lighter was on the opposite side of the dash. JL stepped onto the running board and reached across the cab. Button pushed. All she had to do was wait. She looked around. It really was a beautiful truck, and Xander kept it in pristine condition. A true country boy through and through. In the crack between the seat and the armrest, she noticed a manila folder. All work and no play, Xander. Thinking about it, JL couldn't recall a time aside from their first few interactions when Xander hadn't been working. What was he missing out on in his personal life? Were there friends he had neglected for her? Was there a lady somewhere missing her boyfriend and resenting the work that kept them apart? A sting of guilt pricked her heart. She hadn't ever asked him personal questions, hadn't tried to get to know the man who'd spent so much time helping and protecting her. For free? For what reason? JL slunk down into the passenger seat. Her hands shook as she lit her cigarette. It made no sense. Why would a man with a growing business spend weeks with one client who wasn't even paying him? There's a glow surrounding you right now. Makes you look angelic. Words she'd assumed were spoken to make her feel better swirled through her mind. I thought you were beautiful the moment I first saw you. JL inhaled toxins and exhaled apprehension. Blind. She'd been completely and wholly blind to Xander's feelings. Angel, angel, angel. She hung her head in her hands. How torturous it must have been for him to spend so much time with a woman who hadn't returned his affections. She did care for him. He was generous and genuine, also caring, understanding, protective, and empathetic. She felt something for him, but she couldn't see past all the terrifying things happening to figure out what it was. Perhaps she should take a little time to explore it. Maybe they could try... Jail froze. Head low, she had been looking at the manila folder, but she hadn't seen it until now. Her heart raced. She hit the cigarette lighter again. Her shaky hands moved toward the folder. It didn't say it. It couldn't say it. She plucked the folder from the crevice it had been shoved into. It said it. Written in black was the name she'd hated her entire life. Catherine fucking Freeman. One. Rub. She stared at the folder, afraid to open it. There were so many things she'd hidden. Were they all included? Two. Rub. It was possible he hadn't had the chance to go through it yet, right? Three. Rub. Right? Four. Touch, touch. It was thick. Too thick. Five. Touch, rub, as thick as all your dirty little lies. 
six, touch, no, 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 no. Her voice quivered. Circle, seven, yes, yes, yes. Eight, rub, touch. Her head was fuzzy from lack of oxygen. Nine, touch. She opened the folder and flipped through its pages. Ten, circle, circle. He knew. Breathe. He knew, he knew, he knew, he knew. Eleven, kiss, rub, rub, rub. The pictures were the worst part of the file. Her scars burned as she viewed them in their original glory. The interior of the truck faded as tears streamed down her face. Little kitty cat, you're so fucking weak. Holy shit, y'all. Things are getting crazy up in here. Oh, man. So we've got Jason's weak-ass alibi. And I don't know. The way he spoke to Xander, he, I mean, he's obviously hiding something. And uh, I don't know, man. Jason gets arrested. And then Xander gets that mysterious file from Mathis. Oh, and then poor JL, man. Ugh. She falls off the wagon, right? Because we we know from the first chapter that she stopped um, drinking liquor a long time ago, especially vodka. That was her favorite. And man, she fell off that wagon hard. She got drunk as shit. And then, um, you know, that was created a lot of conflict between her and Xander. And then she wakes up the next day and goes out to Xander's truck just to find that folder. And she has an interesting reaction at the end of that chapter. Uh yeah, she's, she's spiraling and, and this is her low point. So what the hell is going to happen next? Well, I guess you're going to have to listen to the next episode to find out. So make sure you email those thoughts on the first half of the book that we discussed in the beginning of the episode um, to villainsandmonsters at gmail.com. Also, please uh, give me a rating. Any rating will do. Um, and... If you guys want to catch every episode as I just throw them out randomly, if you are subscribed uh, to this podcast, it will be a lot easier for you to find. It should show right up when you go to your podcast app. Um, And in the show notes for today, there's going to be another link to a different free book bundle. Last time there was a one free book bundle. Uh, This time there's another one and they're all thrillers and they're all awesome. Um, And you just go through and pick the ones you want and it's all free. So make sure you hit that one up. It's good until May 31st, 2020. Um, You guys stay safe. Have a fantastic weekend and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.